0: This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast.
1: Uh, Okay, let's be clear. I was not totally negative. I didn't say don't go have your fun. It's just, you know. It's
2: not something you would do.
1: Shutting down avenues for a playoff win, not a series win, a playoff win. Eh. Okay, I get it. Canty and Carlin, I'm such a freaking killjoy. Courtney Cronin in for Canty today on ESPN Radio in the ESPN app. Speaking of Killjoy, King's got horrible news if you're just joining us, and that's that De'Aaron Fox has fractured a tip on his shooting hand of his finger, uh, the index finger. He is officially going to be listed as doubtful for tomorrow night, but they are holding out hope that he could play in a Game 5 against the Golden State Warriors in Sacramento. But absolutely brutal news for the kings we've got uh we've got rick barnes so we've got um uh mr matt Bar- barnes matt barnes thank you apparently i am 80 years old uh we've got matt barnes who is joining us later on uh to talk about that and to give us his perspective on it but courtney we are officially in nfl draft season which as rg3 put it earlier is lying season so you as a reporter that has covered the league for many many years at this point around this time and let's just say after tax day in the month of april give me a percentage of things that you hear that you actually believe are true
2: 25% maybe 25% because, maybe and the reason i put it at like even like a quarter of you know what i hear might be true is because Top 30 visits are important, and if tax day is the 15th every single year, and then you've got about two weeks more or less until the start of the draft, or at least the start of round one, sometimes those things can can affect where a team might be drafting a player. And you know, I know that uh, that RG3 had mentioned that CJ Stroud, as of like a week ago, was the number one pick or projected number one pick in the draft. That's not entirely true uh, because Bryce Young's odds have been the best for a consistent period of time to be the number one pick taken to Carolina. But there was that conversation of could he supplant Bryce Young, not like a foregone conclusion. But now when we talk about this quarterback, lying season, the 25% I hear it goes to about maybe 3% at that point going into the final days before the draft. Chris, the boards are set. Teams know what they're going to do. They're anticipating how can we move up, how can we move down, what's going to go on in Thursday, Friday, and Saturday this coming week. They're not manipulating anything much more than that. Like, your boards are set. You've got to trust the scouting, trust your evaluation, trust where you have guys ranked. And, frankly, a lot of this stuff is just conjecture about prospects and whether they're falling or not.
1: You know, I really get frustrated by – the idea that somehow a cognitive test, the new cognitive test that they have come up with, S2 uh, cognitive test, has become uh, the new wonderlick, right? So I get the idea behind it, which is that you see uh, how quickly somebody can process information and that's incredibly important when it comes to quarterbacks. So that's apparently the knock right now on what's going on with CJ Stroud falling, in theory. Because there were rumors that he scored an 18 on the test out of 100, which I don't know that I buy. Courtney, when I look at what he did in the red zone, which is the quickest place that you, or the place where you really have to quickest. Um, have a clue about what's going on with the defense and trying to process information as quickly as possible. C.J. Stroud, the last two years in the red zone, has 43 touchdown passes and two interceptions. I mean, how am I supposed to sit here and say that the guy has problems processing information when in the area of the field where it's most crucial he has those kind of numbers over two seasons.
2: This is why we have to take the wonderlick scores, the S2 whatever it is for with a grain of salt because to me a lot of this stuff is calculated the timing of in which it comes out. I remember 2 years ago Justin Fields former Ohio State quarterback, just like C.J. Stroud, was getting dragged at this time going into the draft about his dedication and his work ethic and all things like that. And when you repeat things that you hear from third parties, unless you are hearing a general manager say it himself, and even if you are, sometimes that is a calculated move by teams to try to change others' minds so a prospect will be available to them at a spot where they might not have expected them to be available all of that said, just be so careful about what you hear. And when you brought this thing up about, you know, the S two cognitive test and and what it means and, and how, like, you know, his football IQ and his intelligence, let's not forget Vince Young went through this in two thousand six. Everybody was making a massive deal about his six that he got on the Wonderlick score. He was still a third quarterback taken off the board by Tennessee in that draft. He won A P. Offensive Rookie of the Year that year. So much of this stuff doesn't actually matter at the end of the day. Does it matter in like, the whole picture when you're collecting information on players? Yes, but to go and cherry-pick C.J. Stroud's test score, and all of the conjecture of, like, did he actually blow off the Manning Passing Academy? You gotta ask yourself, why are we having these conversations surrounding one player? We hear it one place, and then the conversation has a ripple effect that could seriously hurt this player's draft stock. You hope it doesn't, but I honestly think so much of this has to do with teams trying to have some gamesmanship over one another and the actual draft night, and maybe hoping that Stroud will fall later than two. I mean, there's You know, I bring it back to this. At the end, Chris, he was in a game that had it not come down to a missed field goal there at the end, that team's going to play for the national championship. He threw four touchdowns against Georgia in the semifinals. CJ Stroud can play. I don't want to hear any of the other stuff because at this point, this is just people having conversation because we have mocked dra- draft ourselves out of um, out of sanity at this moment, and there's nothing more to talk about until we actually see where these players go.
1: Yeah, it's funny you say that. Like, in getting ready for the draft, you know, Canty and Tannenbaum and, and uh, Ian Fitzsimmons and I, along with Jordan Reed, are, are hosting the draft on ESPN Radio Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I have read every possible mock draft that you can read, and I am mocked out. Like, I, I you know what we're going to do? We're going to do a mock mock draft. That's what we're going to do. We're just, you and I, at some point in this show, are just going to draft things that are not NFL players. <laughs> Stupid thing, I don't care what it is. I don't if it's the the people that annoy you the most when you're traveling whatever it is, let's do something on that front because I am mocked out. I am complete and if I'm mocked out, I can't imagine where you are right now with all of this.
2: Well, I'm frustrated because you don't hear the conversation around CJ Stroud that you that you would hear around other quarterbacks and I just don't understand it. This is a 2-year starter from one of the best teams in college football. You know, 41 touchdowns against six interceptions in 13 starts last year. Uh, finalist for the Heisman, Conference Offensive Player of the Year again in 2022. He won that one before. Why is this happening? And you, you got to dive further into some of the layers here. I, I've seen some mock drafts from some national uh, pretty plugged in reporters that frustrate me when I see Tyree Wilson and Will Anderson being mocked to Houston at number two. Houston has been in the midst of a rebuild that has barely gotten off the ground since Bill O'Brien lit the franchise on fire in 2020 and got himself out the door that way. They have dealt with self-inflicted wound after self-inflicted wound and you think not drafting a quarterback at two is the right way to start building your thing in the right direction, Like, if you're Cal McNair, then that is malpractice as an owner to allow that (laughs) to happen under your watch, which, again, I wouldn't be surprised because Cal McNair might be one of the dumbest owners in sports. But C.J. Stroud getting past the Houston Texans at two – I would be dumbfounded if that happens. And it has nothing to do at this point with they don't want to deal with him because he has the same agent as Deshaun Watson did and David Mulligetta. They don't oh, want to stop. be tied to a quarterback who, you know, an agent that really, you know, was a thorn in their side all these years. Oh, well, you know, the, the test scores and the leadership and all of this other stuff and the rumors about Nick Casario and maybe not being there after the draft. Full stop. They have to take Anthony they have to take CJ Stroud, not Anthony Richardson, not Will Levis, not anybody else, because we expect Bryce Young to go number one overall to the Carolina Panthers. They have to take him at number two. They cannot wait until they draft again in the teens. That will be a mistake of historic proportion for this franchise.
1: Listen, if they let CJ Stroud go, then Nick Casario should be gone. <laughs> like and maybe he's maybe that's what he wants eventually, because listen How many great stories have you heard about people who love working for the Houston Texans? Not Not many.
2: many. Not many, and I know people who have worked down there who were part of the last regime, who have been part of this one, and it's not a pleasant place to work because they lose a lot of games and because it's a toxic culture in terms of everything they've gone through on and off the field since the last time they made it to the AFC Championship game. This team is a complete departure from that, and they haven't done anything from – a front office coaching leadership perspective to make it an enjoyable spot. When you are in year three of a rebuild and it feels like you're basically back where you were at the end of the 2020 season, where's the joy of that? Where is it? Because I don't think it exists. You have a prime opportunity at number two to get somebody who can change the trajectory of your franchise at the most important position in sports. You're going to tell me that you don't want to take that up because you're going to overthink it and say, hey, well, Will Anderson, top defensive player in the draft. Tyree Wilson might be the best edge rusher. No, you can address those positions again because they draft in the top 10. They're there at number 12. So – I don't, uh, 12 or 13, it's it's an early teens pick for them because they have two first-round picks, of course, because of the Deshaun Watson trade. I don't understand how you could possibly overthink this to the point where you don't take a quarterback with a second overall pick.
1: Canty and Carlin presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive protects your home, auto, boat, motorcycle, and RV and could save you money. Visit Progressive.com.
3: Here's Ian side drives into the paint keeps it himself up off glass he got it and frees himself fires on a right wing three and hits anthony edwards delivers again
4: he's got the special quality we've talked about he's not afraid of those moments you know at this point in time some guys you can shy away from it he certainly doesn't i wasn't passing the ball i was taking a shot i was gonna live with whether i lost us the game or
3: you know we won and i end up hitting the shot
1: Anthony Edwards keeping them alive. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app. And then there's also the Grizzlies and the Lakers. And Dylan Brooks, Courtney. I, um, Dylan Brooks is becoming one of those guys that makes me put my head, my hand to my head uh, when I hear him talk. Sometimes, and I don't ever want to tell a player not to talk because I do want to be entertained by him. And and Dylan Brooks is now just becoming pure comedy with some of the things that he is saying. So he gets ejected from the game on Saturday for hitting LeBron, whether it was intentionally or not, in the groin, which was unfortunate, but got a flagrant two for it. And he didn't talk after the game uh, when they lost that game. Of course, game four is coming up tonight. Here is Dylan Brooks yesterday, on the whole situation. The media making me a villain, the fans making me a villain, and then that just creates a whole different persona on me. So now you think I intended to hit LeBron James in the nuts. I'm playing basketball, a basketball player. So if I intended, and that's whatever the, whatever is in the flagrant two, um, uh, category of having a family too and you think i did that that means you think i'm that type of person and that's why i don't rate mark taylor at all well here's the thing though you did it like it happened whether it was intentional or not is hard to tell but courtney how is it exactly that everybody else is making dylan brooks out to be the villain after he comes out last week and says LeBron's not that good anymore. I don't care until he scores 40 on me. It doesn't mean anything. You're trying to sucker him in. LeBron didn't take the bait. You're trying to sucker him in by hitting him with a cheap shot. Um, whether you meant to or not, you knew what you were doing at that point. Where You knew it was a possibility when you went after it. So for me, nobody's making Dylan Brooks a villain, but Dylan Brooks in all of this.
2: I hear him say that. And that sounds like someone who's feeling pressed about what happens beyond this series. Like, is Mm. he going to be in Memphis much longer is how I view this. He has a three-year, $35 million contract, which he is in the final year of right now. That shot selection that frustrates the heck out of you when you're watching him. Yes. Is he one of the premier wing defenders in the NBA right now? Yes, he is. I'm not taking anything away from him, but the shot selection, the, the, the war of words that he is waging himself, the flagrant fouls. like It wasn't just this one against no. LeBron James, in, in intentionally, unintentionally, whatever. Like I, I, I said this yesterday on, on, on Best Week Ever on ESPN Radio. He should not have been ejected for that groin hit. I don't think that that was intentional. I don't think that James Harden should have been ejected when he's trying to create space between himself and Royce O'Neal the way that he does on most defenders. I think Joel Embiid should have been ejected for what he did to Nick Claxton, very intentionally trying to kick him where it would be very painful. I don't think that he understands the magnitude of what these repercussions could mean for him beyond this season, and he's starting to feel pressed about that. To me, that's the biggest part of it.
1: Yeah, I think what's interesting here, too, is that he's the one who put the target on himself here. By making all the comments about LeBron... Uh, leading into uh, the game the other day. And then, what do you expect from the officials? Like, if they see something like that with everything we've seen in the postseason so far with Draymond, what do you expect the officials to do when that happens, accidentally or not, to LeBron, who you have speak- spoken about, who has the stature that he does in the game? What do you expect? Like that's going. You're not getting the benefit of the doubt there ever, so you can't complain that everybody else is making you the villain when you started it. Here's the here's the other thing though. The officials. I'm I'm I am bothered by the fact that so much of this now is we're trying to agitate to the point of getting the other team's superstar uh, thrown out of the game. Right. The. The the other thing is, we are also at the point of that is a major part of our strategy. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: That is a major part of our strategy. It just can't be. And I was distracted there for a minute because we've got more breaking news that I got to get to right now. We'll get more into LeBron and getting ready for this game tonight and more on all of the NBA playoffs in a moment, but let's get right to the breaking news that just happened.
4: Our long national
1: nightmare is over. America no longer held hostage. That's right. The New York Jets have traded for Aaron Rodgers. And it is a lot more involved than I thought it would be, Courtney. How about this? The Jets get Aaron Rodgers, the 15th overall pick, first-round pick this year, and a 2023 fifth-round pick. The Packers get the Jets' first-round pick this year, number 13. They get a second-round pick this year, number 42. The Jets have 42 and 43, I believe. Mm -hmm. Uh, They have back-to-back picks. Packers also have the pick right after the Jets, uh, so they might right now have 42 and 44. A sixth-round pick this year and a conditional second-round pick next year that becomes a first if Rodgers plays 65% of the plays this coming season. Wow! This
2: this is about the type of trade compensation I expected because this is what was holding them up for so long. And when you think about it, Rodgers played nearly 98% of snaps in 2022. That conditional second, it's probably what they were hung up on, that becoming a first if he plays 65% of plays. That's going to happen this year. Um, Barring injury, barring anything, they're going to get a first-round pick for Aaron Rodgers and a second-round pick for Aaron Rodgers. The way that this thing is laid out, we know that the Jets didn't want to part ways with number 13, but the fact that they get 15 back in exchange. Like, I didn't think that the... Packers were going to give up a first-round pick in addition to Aaron Rodgers going to New York. But, hey, I think it's a really uh, good—I think, honestly, both—just from first glance of this, I think it's both sides getting a very good deal on uh, what's going on here with Aaron Rodgers.
1: Okay, so, again, the Jets get Aaron Rodgers, the Packers' first-round pick, which is number 15, and a fifth-round pick this year. Packers get the Jets' first-round pick, number 13. So, in other words, they swap first-round picks a second-round pick this year, number 42, a sixth-round pick, and a conditional second next year that becomes a first if Rogers plays 65% of the plays. And I just lost another bet to Chris Canty. What else is new? It's Canty and Garland on ESPN Radio. All of your reaction to that next. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. We delve into this more in-depth. The Aaron Rodgers deal to the Jets is done Courtney Cronin in for a canty along with Carlin on ESPN radio and the ESPN app really excited about it we all know breakfast is an important part of your day but sometimes
3: when you're traveling for business you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any you know what happens you grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely we've all been there
0: Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.
1: News coming fast and furious today. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. We are presented by Progressive Insurance Progressive protects your home, auto, boat, motorcycle, and RV, and could save you money. Visit Progressive.com. Let's hear from Adam Schefter, who moments ago just had all of the details of the trade, which is now official. Aaron Rodgers is a New York... We have
3: breaking news right now. Aaron Rodgers is going... To the New York Jets. It's official. It is happening. Finally, after all this time, we've been waiting for this trade to happen. And now it is. And here are the details of the trade. The Jets, Aaron Rodgers, pick number 15 in the first round. A 2023 fifth-round pick, number 170. The Packers get pick number 13. A 2023 second-round pick, number 42. The Jets' first-round pick, First pick in the second round, a sixth round pick, number 207, a conditional 2024 second round pick that becomes a one if Rodgers plays 65 percent of the plays this year. And so the trade that we've been waiting for finally has been agreed to. Aaron Rodgers is being sent to the Jets. And the Jets have a quarterback, and the Packers have extra draft capital and extra draft ammunition.
1: I won't lie, that is the most excited I have ever heard Adam Schefter in my life. I mean, that was six cups of coffee Adam Schefter right there, Courtney.
2: Watching him on NFL Live and watching everyone else on like the, the five boxes where they had one shots on everybody and their reaction to him giving that news in the moment, in the shock and awe, even though we expected this to happen, I think it coming today, I actually was on a podcast earlier and I said that by 1133 AM central time on Thursday, the day of the draft, something would be done. I didn't think it'd be done today, but I, I'm proud <laughs> of myself for getting this right at more or less. But my goodness, the hall, That both teams get Aaron Rodgers I I think that the Jets did not want to have to swap picks I'm wondering when we find out a little bit more about this was that a hold-up point for both teams in getting this done because Chris it's been more than a month since he went on the Pat McAfee show to announce that he intended to play for the Jets in 2023 we knew that the Packers really had no way to walk this back and the hold-up here Which of these picks it's going to to be when we find out in the end? That conditional 2024 second-round pick, though, that is a very good get for the Green Bay Packers because Rodgers played nearly 98% of snaps, of plays, this past season. All he has to do is play 65, and then the Packers get that first-round pick in 2024.
1: I have to say, uh, this is more than the Jets wanted to give up, I'm sure. I'm absolutely sure of that, and it's not necessarily having much to do with the swap of the first-round picks, two spots, okay, and I don't necessarily think that these two teams are looking for the same things right around that pick. Okay, you can deal with that. Second-round pick this year, we knew that was going to happen, right? We knew, especially after the Jets made the Elijah Moore trade uh, that brought them an extra second-round pick, They give up the first of those two. The Jets had 42 and 43. So the Packers now own 42 and 45 in the second round. The fifth and sixth rounds that go back and forth okay. But that conditional, Courtney, look, the Jets gave in here to get this done because that number is easily reachable. And I don't blame the Packers for not wanting any part of Aaron Rodgers' decision next year to affect what they were going to do in the draft. I don't blame them for that one bit, and that's exactly what the Jets wanted. So ultimately, what happened here is the Jets decided the swap of first-round picks no big deal, and we will give you a conditional one next year on what I think, as you just outlined, is a very, very light condition
2: it is and i look at what their the finances of this whole thing because we should soon find out are the packers you know on the hook for any of this of the big salary that he has i mean they're the ones who structured this thing in a really silly way when they gave him his extension but his cap hit right now for the 2023 season is million. $58.3 million is that fully guaranteed option bonus, which is due before the start of the season. It did not benefit the Packers unless they really wanted to use some of that draft capital that they got. You mentioned the second round pick for this year in the swap of first, but it didn't benefit them from a salary cap perspective to trade Rodgers before June 1st. Like Realistically, if they wanted to save a little bit more money and by a little bit, I mean a lot. They could have traded him after June 1st, and that cap hit, the dead cap hit that they're going to have to take on, which is $40.3 million, that happens either way, but if they did it after June 1, they could split it over two seasons with $15.8 million coming this year and then $24.5 million coming in 2024. I think that you look at this and you say the drafts this week, we want to turn the page. We don't want this in the background when we're trying to figure out what we're doing in the off season and transitioning into the Jordan love era. Let's just go ahead, bite the bullet and move on in, Yes, it would have saved them a little bit of money to be able to split this cap hit out over the next two years, but hey, they just got an additional first-round pick. Let's just call it what it is because he's going to, barring injury, he's playing 65% of plays. The fact that that number is so low, Chris, is wild to me. I would have to go back and look, but I'm, I'm fairly certain that The Philadelphia Eagles and the Indianapolis Colts agreed on a number considerably higher than that for when they traded Carson Wentz to be able to get that pick to turn into uh, a higher pick the next year. I
1: I feel like that was around 80, but we'll check during the break as to what that was. Courtney, here's the bottom line for the Jets, okay? They're very easily going to be in a position next year where Rodgers walks away and they don't have a first-rounder to show for it. So you better win. You better win. And, and the Jet fans, I they're all for this. They should be, because they have been talking about franchises as we were talking about the Knicks earlier, that have been off in the darkness for so long. All they 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 are bane. They were born in the darkness, you know, at this point. So they are doing what they have to do. Ultimately, I don't think it's the best that they could have done. I don't think, I honestly I think that they would have been better off. Had they gone the Derek Carr route? But here we are. What do you think, Jet fans? What do you think, Packers fans? We got to hear from you next at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Packers fans, how are you feeling about what you got in return, Jet fans? Are you okay with this? 888-SAY-ESPN, Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Courtney is in for Canty. We will get into it all. In case you're just joining us, Aaron Rodgers is officially a Jet. ESPN Radio. Now, let's talk about the
0: play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured... It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. Aaron Rodgers is going to the New
3: York Jets. It's official. The trade that we've been waiting for finally has been agreed to. Aaron Rodgers is being sent to the Jets, and the Jets have a quarterback, and the Packers have extra draft capital.
1: I mean, that's greeny-level excitement from Schefter, and I have not heard that before. It is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app, presented by Progressive Insurance. Courtney Cronin in for Canty. Let's welcome in... Jets, ESPN, NFL Nation reporter Rich Shamini. Rich, it is finally done. So what's your evaluation of the Jets and Packers deal to get Aaron Rodgers to join the Jets?
4: Well, Chris, they gave up a little more than I thought they would. I mean, they essentially, I'm going to strip it down to the bare bones. Essentially, it looks like they're going to give up this year's uh, two and next year's one. Now, the next year's one is conditional but it's on sixty-five percent of the plays, so unless Rogers has a significant injury, he'll play sixty-five percent. And the Jets' conditional second rounder will go up to a one next year. So essentially, it's a two and a one. They're giving up to it for a quarterback who's only going to play a year or two. So it's it's a bold move by the Jets. I like it. It's all in uh, after twelve years of also randomness or you know just mediocrity at best. The Jets are going all in with a Hall of Fame quarterback. And I think it'll add a lot of excitement around
0: clearly.
2: Rich, I'm a little hung up on that conditional second for next year. Like, why is the snap count so low when we know the last five seasons Aaron Rodgers hasn't played less than 88% of snaps every year, and that was, you know, more of an anomaly. He's played closer to 97 98% of snaps. Does that figure not seem low to you?
4: Uh, yeah, a little bit. I mean, they wanted to make it a lower threshold just in case he suffers an injury. Um yeah, I mean, he, he usually doesn't get hurt. He had that collarbone injury a few years ago, but he's a guy that usually plays. So what the Jets are doing is they're covering themselves in the event he suffers something significant, and they'll still end up giving up a two, you know, next year. So it would be a two and a two. And, uh, you know, it's a lot. It's a lot to give up, um, and it, it leaves them potential. My worst-case scenario, what happens if he only plays one year? Uh, they give up the one in 24. They need a quarterback. You know, I don't hold out a lot of hope for Zach Wilson. So they don't have a one in the 24 draft to go get a quarterback. So
1: it puts them in a tough spot. If this doesn't work out this year, rich, Semeny ESPN jets reporter, uh, rich, any feel for what the financial part of this deal is going to look like as far as who's paying what and how much they had to restructure.
4: Um, yeah. That, that part hasn't come out yet. There is restructuring that's going on, I believe. And so, uh, I do not expect, see, that's the other part of the equation. It was like, yeah, the jets are giving up a lot, but how much of the, uh, tab, uh, the financial tab are the Packers picking up? So we don't know that component yet. So I would guess it might be, they might be eating a fairly significant amount of money, which would help out the jets. Of course, you know, maybe a smaller cap hit this year. So, uh, So that that component we don't know yet, but I do expect that contract to be restructured.
1: All right, Rich. We know it's a busy day. Appreciate a couple of minutes. You got it. Appreciate it. Rich Cimini, ESPN, NFL Nation Jets reporter. Um, Yeah, I mean, we asked the financial thing just more as um, housekeeping kind of thing. Fans don't really care about that. I don't think, frankly, I don't even think Woody, Woody Johnson cares all that much about this. But, Courtney, For me, this was all about the owner wanting to get the star here, and he did it with Brett Favre, and now he's done it again with Aaron Rodgers. And uh, I just, I hope that Aaron Rodgers is all in on on the New York Jets and not just all in on getting another year at fifty some million dollars.
2: It has to be all in and all in for two thousand twenty three for 2024 and maybe even beyond that because we know that this contract like if they're inheriting the massive financials that come with Aaron Rodgers contract extension that he signed ahead of the 2022 season that puts him under contract at least before the deal gets renegotiated in 2026 like the way it stands goes this year and next year and um I it's, it's a lot of a, it's a big financial penalty to pay and a big financial gamble if you don't know if he's going to be saying, "Hey, I might retire next off season. And then if you do end up having him play more than those 65% of plays and he is not on your roster next year, then there goes your first round pick for 2024 and you don't have a quarterback that's a tough gamble for uh the New York Jets to to take on and I I'm with you I think Woody Johnson just wanted to get this thing done get his guy in the building and they're gonna go contend for a Super Bowl this year whether you believe they're a Super Bowl contender or not they clearly do because you don't pull off something of this magnitude if you don't say all chips to the center of the table our window to win is right now and literally right now meaning the 2023 season
1: I, and listen, I've been on record. I don't think this was the way to go. I think Derek Carr was the way to go, but here they are. And one thing you cannot argue with is that the Jets are a better football team today than they were three hours ago, or right now than they were three hours ago before this was done. And Who? The Jets? <laughs> exactly. I mean, they've got a chance, but I, I, I speak with so much hesitancy here. Because of the guy involved. That's it. I don't trust him, Courtney. I, I don't trust him. Get it. Is he going to be here in a few weeks for the offseason programs? I don't know the answer to that. Or is he going to be in Peru? I, I don't know. And, and so I am just hopeful that Aaron Rodgers doesn't just rely on being Aaron Rodgers and wants to actually get in the building at this point and learn his teammates and just get better. We're going to hear from you next, we promise, at 888-SAY-ESPN.
0: Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin Podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.